the messaging that I think I received as a little boy of fear around following your own pleasure and fear of the harm that I could do specifically to a woman if I allowed my pleasure to lead me as opposed to, you know, being careful about tracking my partner and making sure that she's having a good experience as well. Welcome to The Art of We, the podcast where we explore how committed partnerships can be potent vehicles for fully delivering our gifts to the world. Hi, I'm Krista Vanderveer, a seasoned consultant and executive coach. And I'm Dr. Will Vanderveer, a leader and educator in integrative mental health and wellness. As husband and wife and business partners, we keep learning that the key to maximizing our authenticity and impact in the world lies inside the health, security, and depth of our relationship. On this show, we'll pull back the curtains to share lessons, insights, and practices from our own marriage and professional careers that help us thrive. If you're a leader, founder, or overachiever, and you want to leverage your relationships for personal and collective growth, then you're in the right place. Welcome to episode 46 of The Art of We. This is a semi-continuation from episode 45 where we had our very first guest on. Her name is Alyssa Marin. She's a sexological bodywork and somatic sex education practitioner. And we had her on to help us more clearly share with all of you and for us, for our understanding of what those are and what the differences are. And the reason why we had her on is because we went to go see Alyssa as a client. And we really wanted to share about the details of the session that we had with Alyssa because there was a very seemingly small shift that is making a huge impact for us in our intimacy. We really wanted to share this with you. So we brought her on to help create greater understanding. I highly suggest you go back and listen to episode 45 if you haven't already so that you can better understand what we're talking about here in this episode. So today... We're going to share our experience with these two different types of work, including this session. Will, are you ready to talk about this this session with Alyssa that we had? Yes, I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. So first, let's just start with why we decided to go see Alyssa. I'll start and then you add your perspective to that. How does that sound? Sounds great. Go for it. Okay. So historically, before you, Will... I have had the experience of being able to touch, massage, give comforting contact to my partners in a way that felt like it felt really good to them. Like I felt like I really knew how to get into their muscles and massage them and comfort them and just touch them in ways that seemed to really feel good to them. And so you're the first partner that I've had where I have felt like I am not skilled in that area (laughs) because... Because apparently the toolkits that I've had in the past don't seem to be working, like attunement to the muscle, like I'm not a massage therapist, but I like getting in there. And we've talked about this at different times, but recently I just noticed like, hey, there's like, I'm feeling like I don't know what to do with your body. And there's some parts of your body I know what to do with, but you know, we won't mention what those parts, (laughs) 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 but the rest of your body, I'm like, ah, I feel stuck. And I knew that, that w- that's not going to get us very far. I just I was like, there's something more that we need here. And I know that you were having a whole experience with my touch as well. So I'd love to hear your side of the story to this dilemma that I was having. 
Well, first of all, I really appreciate how much you care about the impact of your touch on my body. And I am so blessed to have a partner who cares so much about that. So thank you for that. And even going to the question of, can we get some coaching here? I, you know, maybe there's another way here. For me, I came into our relationship somewhat dimly aware, but aware that physical touch has been a challenge for me to receive for as long as I can remember. And I think it's one of the reasons why for many years, massage therapy was something that I would do. Like I would have one session with a massage therapist and then think, you know, I probably won't ever do this again. And then I would go back and a year or two later and see a different therapist and have the same experience. And it was only when I finally, I was just maybe a few years before I met you, started working with somebody on a regular basis that I learned from my experience that having someone develop a relationship with my body and know how to touch me over months really changed the game for me. So I've had a problem with physical touch for many, many years. I have some idea of where that came from, but you know, what we were struggling with felt to me like just a really narrow bandwidth of what feels good to my body to receive. And I think you and I got to a point where it was like, well, you know, Will likes this one particular type of pressure or contact or stroking on my arms or my back or whatever. And there's got to be some other way to break through that narrow passageway. Yeah. For me, it felt like I I felt very incompetent in touch and I, I hadn't felt that before. So it's a very humbling feeling, you know, thinking like, gosh, I, you say that you can work with a massage therapist for months and here I am like, okay, we just had our fourth wedding anniversary, which I'm so happy to be in this marriage with you. I'm so grateful. You know, the part of me who likes to succeed is like, darn it, why can't I figure out my husband's body? And at the same time, we've known about this kind of challenge with you and touch. Now, there's also, can you share a little bit more about what you think is underneath that or would it be supportive for to share a little bit more about like the startle response or anything like that? I've definitely had an exaggerated startle response for as long as I knew what that meant, uh, that term. What does it mean? Uh, it means that I jump high when somebody walks by and lovingly touches me on the back. My body responds with a kind of a threat reaction. Mm-hmm. And I think that has changed a little bit over decades, but not a whole lot. And I suspect that there's probably some kind of traumatic experience that underlies all of that. But I have a hard time relaxing just receiving touch from anyone. So that's just been a part of my experience. Yeah. So we decided that Alyssa would be a good person to see. I've been friends with Alyssa for a very long time, and we've been in different circles. And so I already built a lot of trust with her. I was actually in a program that I'll talk more about later that had both of these elements in it, the somatic sex education and the sexological body work. So I already knew how she worked in some form with people and a great deal of trust. And we both have referred people to her and they've had great results. And so we're like, why not do it? Yeah, I agree. She's been a great resource for people that I've referred 
to her. And it never really crossed my mind personally that working with my, let's say, challenges around receiving physical contact or touch is something that she could help us with. So it wasn't really on my radar to think about it that way. I thought of her as being a resource for someone who has challenges with sexuality or intimacy in general, which I didn't think of myself as having challenges with that. Did you think of yourself as having challenges to receiving pleasure? Like just the pleasure of touch in general? I think aside from my own personal challenges with physical touch and and pleasure in general, I think I'm not alone. I'm I'm curious if there are other listeners in the audience who would agree that there are big cultural messages and overlays around pleasure and specifically sexuality, but maybe pleasure in general. I came into some contact with that during the session. I'll talk about it later. So we've defined why we go to see Alyssa. Like we're wanting to understand how we can work with this challenge. And so we book a session with her. We didn't know what we were in store for at all. We show up at her office, which is a beautiful little office. And we walk in and there's like a little seating area. And then there's a massage table. And I'm not surprised at all that there's a massage table in there. But I think it could be intimidating to some people to be like, okay, well, what is that table used for? I think you were a little bit like, were you a little bit surprised that there was a table in there? Or what was your reaction to the table? Well, it was what you just said that, oh, people get on there and things happen there and I wonder what's <laughs> going to happen there. Because we didn't know. We had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're hanging out with Alyssa. She's asking us kind of like intake questions. She's being great. She's like, why are you here? We're sharing this problem. And then she's basically like, okay, well, let's get to work. This is basically in her own words. But so do you want to share what happens next after the introductory part of the session? Well, something very interesting happened with her first intervention, which I think was really ultimately proved to be really powerful and something we're still chewing on and getting a lot of value from, which is I was on my stomach on the table and she instructed you to touch my body in ways that were pleasurable to you, following your pleasure. Versus like what I think might be pleasurable to you. Like totally focus right. it on me. Yeah. Yeah. And she said a timer was like three minutes maybe. Mm-hmm. And during those three minutes, I had to just do that, just focus on that. And the thing is that's challenging about that is that we are so used to, at least you and I, are very used to touching each other for each other's pleasure. What we think would be good with the other person, we think the other person would like. Yes. <laughs> and it's it's a it's like turning something up outside on its head when we're actually like, okay, well, how do I want to touch your body that I like? It's like a challenge. It's unlearning a habit. So it's a little bit of work, but it's inspiring work. It's really different. And on both sides, like it's really different to be receiving that, which is how we started for me to be receiving mm-hmm. from you first it lifted off a layer of concern that I didn't even really realize I had so much of a concern about performing in a receiving capacity. Like I should like X, Y, or Z because Krista needs to feel competent and her ability to make my body feel good when she touches me. Mm -hmm. And so 
letting go of that was big for me. What was it like to receive the touch? How did my touch feel to you, even though I was focusing on my pleasure? Oh, it felt amazing. It was like things opened up a lot for me in feeling good, receiving Mm. different kinds of touch from you that I normally don't enjoy or haven't enjoyed in the past from you. Yeah. For example, like yeah. you don't like the like lighter feathery touch with fingers. <laughs> yeah. But I actually really enjoy touching your body that way sometimes. And so so what you're saying is that you actually enjoyed that touch when I was focused on my own pleasure. Yes. It's fascinating. It's so cool. It's very <laughs> strange, isn't it's it? So strange. It was, it's a total game changer for us. And powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. When you were giving those different forms of touch to me, what was challenging about that for you? Like, what did you actually have to face and be with as you did that? I had to face not knowing what would be pleasurable for me. And it became kind of an experiment. Like, do I like touching him with this kind of pressure? Mm, Yeah, but now not anymore. Okay, now I want to touch him with this kind of pressure or this kind of touch. And then I wanted to switch it up. And then I wanted to like... I think I like wanted to spread my whole body like on top of your body and just like feel the two ends of you as much as I could. And that was pleasurable for me. It's like, Alyssa, can I jump up on top of him even if I want to? So it became this kind of like art, but it's like, I don't know where this is going and I'm going to see how it feels until it doesn't feel good to me anymore and I'm going to shift and change it. And so I think I had to face a not knowing maybe. Interesting. Yeah, different different challenge from what I experienced in the touching role, which we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah. So then Alyssa had us switch roles. Set the timer again. Set the timer again. I got up on the table, I think face down also. And then now it's your turn to touch me in a way that is pleasurable to you. How was that process for you? It brought up other challenges for me, which were really interesting to take a look at. For example, it brought up a feeling of, well, first of all, I, I encountered the depth of the filter that I, it's my job to make your body feel good. Mm. You know, that was a really thick mm. one. And so one of the big challenges for me was to stay with the program and not slip back into some form of touch that I thought you would like. Because you actually really know how to touch my body. Like I love the way you touch my body. And so you do have this kind of probably deeper understanding of what my body likes. And so Were you going to that kind of touch and then having to switch back into what feels good to you? Yeah, I was flipping back to the pattern that we're talking about. And then the other interesting thing that came up for me was the programming as a heterosexual white man in this culture of the messaging that I think I received as a little boy of fear around following your own pleasure and fear of the harm that I could do specifically to a woman if I allowed my pleasure to lead me, as opposed to, you know, being careful about tracking my partner and making sure that she's having a good experience as well in whatever the encounter is. So it's a similar thing, but a really strong filter or cultural layer about be careful. You know, you could get in trouble, you could get canceled or something could happen very bad to you if you're not hypervigilant about your partner's experience. Is that when you took off your shoe and started hitting it on my foot? 
Is that when that came up? <laughs> I think it was when I drew blood when I was whipping your. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, I we're joking about this, but like, it's interesting. It felt good to me though. <laughs> so it's interesting that this comes up because it was very like non-harming touch, but still this this came up for you. The depth of getting in touch with your pleasure as a threat is what came up for you, even though the touch you were giving me wasn't like threatening or harmful or painful. Right. And I didn't experience desire to hurt you at all. But I think there's in my mind this kind of expectation or predetermined fear that a man's desire is harmful or can hurt people. And therefore, you have to be extra vigilant about making sure that like a phrase that some man said to you in the past that you mm. shared with me at one point is don't unleash the beast. Like this idea of sadistic or animalistic sexual aggression, let's say. That's big. How did you work with that in the moment? Or were you not even that conscious of it? Or Well, I was working with it from a contemplative point of view, maybe. I was, I was, you know, experiencing as I often do when I'm trying to be focused on a task and some thought intrudes or comes in, I just recognize the thought and let it go and go back to what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't derailing the experience for me at all, but it was definitely uh, knocking on the door of my attention the whole time. Well, I find it fascinating and I feel like there's a lot of opportunity there to explore and get in there and navigate more. I agree. I think there's plenty to explore there together. Yeah. And as the receiver of your touch, I remember we had to be, we actually had to get to the airport after this session. So we couldn't go over if we, even if Alyssa let us go over, but I remember being on the table and being like, oh boy, can we just keep doing this for a couple hours? It felt so good and so nourishing. And I loved the experiment and really turning this idea of touching other for other to touching other for self is revolutionary in terms of how you and I are with each other. And it's a practice that we have done since our session with Alyssa, but that we want to continue to do more regularly. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. It's something we keep getting more mileage out of. Even if it takes some business away from Alyssa's practice, we wanted to share this uh, <laughs> tidbit with you. This is like we had one session with her. I'm like, this is the yeah. tip of the iceberg, people. If you if you do want to reach out to Lisa, I highly recommend it. And I think that we're just giving away the teaser. I think that there's so much more below. I'm sure there is. She was excited for us to share about the session too. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will share more about my experience with this work and with Lisa. And in a different context, but that's really supported me in my own capacity to work through the kind of cultural programming that Will was talking about before. So we'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to let you know about a gift we created for you and your partner. We compiled our top 10 relationship agreements, agreements that have been so powerful in supporting the success of our partnership that we even turned them into our wedding vows. These agreements help us stay connected, growing, and thriving as a couple, and they've been critical to help us create a kind of we that's way beyond what we've ever experienced before. 
you can download this free gift at kristavanderveer.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-V-E-E-R.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, it would be so meaningful to us if you left us a rating and review. Not only does it help others find us, but it gives us critical feedback on how we're doing. Thanks in advance. And now back to the episode. I wanted to share a little bit of insight from our session with Alyssa around the cultural programming about men and pleasure. And specifically, I'm, I'm speaking from my own experience as a heterosexual white man in this culture, but, and there was messaging to me as a boy that men perform in a certain way in receiving pleasure and also perform sexually in particular ways. And a lot of that is informed by not very much education and not very much, I would say, even factual information about like how bodies work. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it comes from movies and TV and pornography. And especially now with the internet, which wasn't around when I grew up, but pornography is a big indicator or signaler to boys about what sexuality is about and what pleasure is about. And, you know, it's so dramatically distorted from what I've come to understand as healthy sexuality and what, what it really means to be in relationship and be present and slow down and follow pleasure and be with and all the things that you and I practice in the bedroom. So it's, it's just really eye-opening to see how heavy that programming can be. Yeah. Which is why I'm so excited to share about, before I met you, about the program that I was involved with. And in hearing you say that, everything you just shared, it further validates my opinion that I believe everybody should go through the kind of program that I had the privilege to go through, which is all about unlearning the cultural programming that wasn't truly an authentic expression of what's possible, of our pleasure, of our intimacy, of how we do sex, of how we relate to ourselves as human beings who have sensation and prefer different kinds of things. Like, yeah, I just, I just really resonate with everything you just said. As a young girl growing up, I didn't have a lot of understanding about how our bodies work or how pleasure should be other than the movies and, you know, the occasional like glimpses I had of pornography here and there or fantasies really about what intimacy should look like. And so, you know, watching some of these movies or even the, you know, I was like hung out with some teenagers who had access to porn somehow and like watching these people and their pornography scenarios have pleasure supposedly. And I'm kind of like, gosh, like that does not actually look pleasurable to me, but apparently that's what it's supposed to look like. Apparently this is how a woman is supposed to act. That's how a man is supposed to act. And it's like unlearning all of those things is a really challenging thing to do if we're not having the right structures and support information to do that. So this particular program that I took, I've, I have mentioned about this program before, it's called the Verdant Collective. At the time, it was like the pilot program for this, what's now called the Verdant Collective. And it was a group of women, and it included both 
somatic sex education and sexological body work. So it was a profound, trustable, sacred container that had a lot of integrity. The women leading it, including Alyssa Marin, is a founding teacher of this program. And I knew these women for a long time, so I knew that they I knew their integrity. And it was a big, courageous jump into exploring bodies and touch and how do how do I actually like to be touched? How do I not like to be touched? And it made such a big difference in how I relate to my own body, how I relate to the world around pleasure and you know, just another layer of releasing subordination to what something is supposed to look like. And so I actually do believe that everybody needs this kind of unlearning opportunity. Amen. I agree 100%. It's so heavy. And it's hard to even know how heavy it is because it's like the fish in the water that it swims in. You can't really even see it. It's so pervasive to be enculturated. And there's a lot of baggage around pleasure and sexuality Mm -hmm. in our culture. Totally. And then we have these distorted inputs that, as you said very well, like for little boys and little girls become templates of, oh, I I guess that's what sexuality looks like and is supposed to be and has nothing to do with it. Yeah. I think it's probably a lot more accurate to describe pornography as a way mostly for the, I mean, I think the statistics are something like 99% of the consumers of pornography are men, Mm. um, something really high, you know? So I'm just going to say for men to use imagery to change their state, you know, kind of like you would use marijuana to change your state or some other, any drug, cocaine, whatever, Mm -hmm. to change your state as fast as you can, because you're feeling bad. And why are you feeling bad? Because you're disconnected. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. And so not a great way to approach (laughs) some, anything close to the mystery and the beauty of what sexuality can be when it's unfettered by these programs. Yes. And, and we are swimming in the water. I love that analogy so much so that when I was in this program, a big part of the teaching that I remember now is about learning to touch other for our own pleasure or touch ourselves, our arm, whatever, our hair for our own pleasure. And it's so thick in my system to not do that, that I, I forgot that. And then here we are seeing Alyssa years later and oh my God, this is revolutionary. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Well, thank you for forging ahead and doing, I would say, pretty radical work in order to follow your curiosity and help yourself get deprogrammed from the imagery and the programming. It's it's so toxic, really, I would say. I mean, it's, it's an aspect of what our friend Gabor Mate calls toxic culture and how, I mean, gosh, we could go down this rabbit hole a long way, but how we distort and uh, miss the point. Mm-hmm of the depth of what's possible in the present moment. And we need teaching, like we need instruction. We need to be, it's not, it doesn't come naturally. No. So thank goodness for the teachers and the practitioners out there. Just really grateful for Alyssa Moran and other practitioners who are out there really doing the work and helping people do these uh, deprogramming exercises. Yeah. 
I really want to emphasize the importance on a couple getting external support. This is what you're saying too, because there's so much happening inside of our we that we can't see because we're swimming in the water, whether it's what we're talking about here or other, so many other things that we can't perceive or we can't see. So if you're listening to this, I just really want to be an advocate for getting the external support that will help create the kind of we, the kind of connection, the kind of intimacy that you know you've had before or that's possible in your relationship. Episodes 44, 45, and 46 are all about the external support. And it's such a such a relief to lean on the community. And I just want to circle back to the vows and maybe start to close with the two vows that this is really tied to. One vow is that we will lean into our community when we need to. And this is a big expression of that. And then another vow that we have is to forever explore the depths of our connection, generativity, and sexuality. And seeing Alyssa after being with you the one time where I'm like, oh shit, there's a big block here and I don't know how to get over this block. I remember that. I remember the moment when we were together. It was like, man, I can't figure this out myself. That really goes with that vow as well of not stopping because there's a block to our sexuality, our generativity, our connection. And so I want to say thank you to those two vows for keeping us moving forward. Thank you for remembering those vows and not being deterred by the challenges that I brought into our relationship around touch. And it's just such a privilege to have a partner who cares so much about the unfolding of our world together. Yeah, I'm so grateful too. We make a good pair. (laughs) (laughs) So for those of you listening, our invitation today is... We'd like to invite you to look at your relationship with pleasure and talk about it with your partner. See, if you're really daring, maybe you'll give this exercise we've been talking about a try with your partner and see what it's like to touch your partner for your own pleasure rather than designing the kind of touch that you're giving to be in your head what they want to feel. Totally. And as Alyssa coached us, and she coached us on the last episode too, start small. Like if you do do that exercise, start on an arm or a leg, like don't have it be during like the big pleasurable experiences that, you know, are complex and deep and long and whatever. Just start simple. If you do decide to do that and use a timer. Yes. <laughs> it's a great invitation. And let us know how it goes. Let us know how it goes. Reach out to us, kristavanderveer.com. You can reach us directly there. Or you can reach out to us on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a comment. We would so love to hear what your experience is and or any other topics that you would love to hear about. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this content valuable, please follow the show and share it with your partner or other key collaborators. If the show has sparked an interesting conversation based on these topics, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at Art of We Podcast. And we'll see you next time when we explore what it means to be better together, like butter and toast on the Art of We.